Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Rob Leonio. Joined with me here today is Carl Pavlik, managing editor of FiveForHowling.com, uh, here to you know help us break down the uh, the game today, as well as talk you know a number of other uh, Coyotes and NHL related topics. Carl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, uh, not too bad. You know, you know, just finished up with uh, with some work, and now well, getting ready to talk to talk some hockey. Before we get to the uh, Coyotes game. Uh, from Thursday night. Let's uh, go ahead and address one of the news items that had just came out from the uh, from the Tucson Roadrunners organization is their games this weekend against the San Jose Barracuda have been officially postponed due to uh, COVID protocol problems with the uh, Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, originally, there was a game that was supposed to be on Thursday that got postponed to Friday, and then now all of the games have been uh, postponed. So uh, let me just get your your quick thoughts on uh, again more games having to be rescheduled because of COVID nineteen. I mean, at this point, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Um, we all enjoyed the the Coyote seven game series against the Blues, but Everyone has to remember that happened because four games had to be canceled due to COVID protocol. And it doesn't seem like the NHL or the AHL have this thing under control. It seemed like the Canadian division was doing okay for a while, but I think they had their first um, COVID protocol case. Uh, If we keep seeing things like this, I wonder if they're going to – do something with the season or not. Cause it seems like they're just going to be pushing forward with everything. Um, the, they recently did the announcement for all the rescheduled coyotes games. And it's like, wow, you guys are doing that. Like there's not a big chance that you're going to have to reschedule some of these in the future. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on. My biggest concern has always been, you, you know, the whole situation regarding again the what's the best way of putting it um whether or not the NHL can and, and their rescheduling is doing is it, it, whether or not it's working and, and what I, what I mean is like if there is it's going to be a case where you know in, in this case there's going to be you know also again the AHL too um where teams are going to be playing less games than other teams in the division. So, you know, you can have, let's say, like Minnesota, for example, who have been plagued in the NHL. And, you know, they finish this, you know, the season with like having played like 42 games for some reason. I don't know. That's not, I don't think it's going to be that low, but they play 42 games and then the Coyotes play like a full, like 54 or whatever. They only miss two games. Like, I don't even know what's like, what's going to happen in this, in that case. I mean, something like that, we're probably just going to be looking at another play-in round. Um, Fans liked it. Um, Very few 
people were upset by the play-in round from last year's uh, playoffs. Um, I think they would just go to that and be like, look, we know we can't – we know this one's weird. We're just going to let you guys fight it out a little bit more. That way we can say everyone had a chance and no one was really left out. I guess so. And, you know, again, I, th- th- there's also the uh, idea that all these te- all these teams are playing their, uh, like, what's the best way? Where, where, where was I going to go? Yeah, they're, I, I don't even know where, where I was going to go with that. But Like, the teams that are, like, super heavily affected, uh, I think, like, New Jersey is one where it was, like, 10 people on protocol. How do you judge that performance? Uh, and don't ask me that one. Yeah, and then you have you have everything else where you know teams that you know team might get in because points percentage, but really on the ice, if you looked at them, they weren't that great of a team just because they got lucky because the teams they did play were not and, and not COVID affected, weren't great teams. The whole schedule it's 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 a mess. It really is. It is. Um... I I feel like I don't know because the NHL hasn't communicated a, like a condition where it's just enough. Like they haven't given us the information of like if we get these many cases or a team has to be shut down for this long, we need to stop. So because we don't have that, it feels like does anyone have a plan for this or? Are they really just winging it and and like trying to plug holes as they come? Um, I'm, I'm I'd like to give them credit and say that they do know what they're go what they're doing and there is something going on, but it doesn't get communicated to us. It doesn't, but uh, we'll see, I mean we'll see how things go. And again, uh, as we're as we're finding out now, but this is also affecting the uh, Tucson Roadrunners in the American Hockey League. So uh, Tucson and San Jose being postponed, uh, like I mentioned just at the beginning. So, you know, and the AHL, there's not much you can do. You know, they could the AHL can very well decide we're canceling these games completely. They're not going to be played. Um, hopefully that doesn't end up being the case. It's like they find some spot to move these games. But, you know, the AHL, it's it's a uh, it's like a wild west down there as it compared to the NHL. Uh. I mean, that's what everyone says about the ECHL, um, and the AHL isn't that bad, but like you see some of the stuff that happens with them, which I think the ECHL is playing with like some of their teams are playing this season, some aren't. Uh, the, that's the, there's a lot that's going crazy when you get to the minor leagues, and I think that's why a lot of people love them. Because they like that little bit of extra drama, a little bit of extra crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a reason why I love covering the American Hockey League. It is a, uh, it is wondrous, you know, seeing also some of the, uh, you know, them testing some of the rules as well. It's like, hey, we're gonna test uh, this kind of offside rule instead before we actually implement it into the NHL. Because, well, we can do it here. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter as much uh uh it's gotta be there's gotta be two types of people who play they're like man we're the guinea pigs or it's like yeah we're the innovators yeah we'll 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 see how that one how that one goes on we're gonna uh 
now take a break from that conversation and uh, move on to the game. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and the best part is... It is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up for a free account today and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Arizona Coyotes, but what about the rest of sports? Now that the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the, by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Now, once again, Locked On Coyotes, Rob Leonio, Carl Pavlik of FiverHelling.com joining us on today's episode. We're going to go ahead and break down the uh, last night's loss, Arizona Coyotes, in a shootout to the Los Angeles Kings final score. Three to two again in the shootout. Carl, your initial thoughts on this game? It was a rough game. Um, I kind of expected there to be a bit of a whiplash. We oftentimes see the Coyotes play down to their opponents um, and then play up to some of their other ones. Um, so I was expecting it to be a little bit rough. But honestly, like the second period and the last three minutes were the best, were the only times the Coyotes were playing good hockey. The rest, they were kind of hanging on, and you can be successful enough doing that, but we've seen this team dominate before, and they were not doing that tonight. Yeah, this was a conversation I had with multiple different people on other podcasts. You know, a problem that the Coyotes have with consistency and I was looking at the, the series against the Blues, and I was asking myself, you know, looking ahead towards the to, to this Kings series, and I'm like, can they sustain this? Are they or are they just a team that plays up to their up or down to their competition? Do they just play up to the Blues, and are they playing down to the Kings? Uh, and I'm not sure exactly, you know, what it was, but again, the consistency problems still seem that way, and it might be a whole, con- you know, shaking of the confidence thing. You know, I talked about. Uh, that with Sarah Avampato of Lockdown Kings in the preview episode of, on our crossover, where I pretty much said, you know, if the Kings score early, that will shake the the Coyotes conference for a little bit. And obviously it showed the Kings scored two, you know, pretty early on. Coyotes didn't have a good first period at all. That second period, like, we, like what you said, was good. And that kind of got back from there. But inconsistency still plagued them because that third period, like you said, the majority of it, was not good. I don't think they got very many shots on. No, uh, so I was actually looking this up. The Coyotes had six shots in each of the three regular um, uh, regulation periods, uh, which is very metal, very awesome. You get that 6-6-6. It's terrible for a hockey team. Uh, they, they seem to come alive for like half of the overtime, and that really kind of pushed their shot total up to 22 
but yeah, they were not shooting a lot, um, especially in that first period where uh, it was just it was brutal, um, just so brutal. Yeah, it 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 was not good in general. Just you know, watching 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 this happen, and you know, we'll we'll say if it if it weren't for a Darcy Kemper and B, you know, Connor Garland and Phil Kessel, it could have easily been like a probably I'm what I don't know what you guess like a three to three or four to nothing game. Like, yeah, um, there was the Kings had a couple of great A chances. Uh, especially at the end, it looked like one, like just Darcy Kemper locked it out of the net. Uh, it very easily could have been a four to nothing game, um, which is tough. Uh, we don't see a lot of Kessel goals, and it's a shame that we had to waste one on a, um, a losing effort. But hey, at least it got us that overtime point. Yeah, you know, in the uh, in this in this kind of a season, in a game where you expect you, you when watching this one, where it seems like we're expecting a loss, getting one point out of it is the best thing you can ask for, because again, you're only playing teams in your division. So if you can get a, if you can steal at least a point in any game, that will help you. Yeah, and especially after that first period, um, that was just rough. Uh, my sister was texting me, and she has to work, and she's like, I don't know if I should just duck out after that period and, and take a nap before working overnight. And then the second period, they came alive, and she's like, well, I guess I'm staying. Um, and then uh, she had to sit through that third, um, and she hasn't texted me back yet, but I don't know if I would say that was worth staying for um yeah it the coyotes are at least a type of team that can bounce back from this and like you said at least we got a point um if you think you're gonna lose a game or you think that you should have lost a game and you get a point and the kings don't get a regulation or overtime win that's a that's a good night now I want to go back to the question I was just asking earlier when it came, when the whole consistency thing. I want to get your opinion on this. So are the Coyotes a team to either play up or down to their competition? That is historically yes. Um, I think that's very clear. Uh, this season, probably. But I think the big issue with that is it, it's going to seem like that because we had seven games. Almost half of the games we played are against the Blues, um, and they played up in that instance. So I don't know like long-term if that's going to be a thing. I don't know if um, the next time we play the Avalanche, if they're going to be like a much better team or not. Um, but it's looking like that they may be a team that's going to play up or play down to their competition. To me, it really is going to matter, you know, if when it comes to playing up or down to the competition, it's really going to matter on that confidence. Like I mentioned before, you know, you saw the team against St. Louis. That was a confident team. I don't think I ever saw a team more confident than a team than the Coyotes I saw against St. Louis. And then this first game against the Kings, I'm not sure 
what it was that really it was just not i just didn't see the same fire i I, yeah i get you i don't know if it was confidence because i think an example of uh, the coyotes when they've lost confidence is when they give up a goal to the golden knights and then the rest of the game they look like garbage uh this one it was it was a little bit different it was like they just weren't connecting like they weren't checked in um i think they still kind of like had a bit of swagger in the second period and like that's not what i would think of of like a low confidence team but there was there was definitely something off um it, i think they maybe were expecting them to play like the blues and not able to kind of adjust to the Kings playing a different style that that's kind of best guess, like with the game having just ended for us. Um, because yeah, I, I've grown to see this team struggle in a lot of different ways and they're starting to become like, like, Oh, that's this type of struggle. That's this type. And uh, that's a bad thing, but it's a it's a fun thing at least or maybe is it um this this you know after a series they had against the blues you know riding you know riding high you know you know flying by and you know having the kind of series that they did that you know looking on the schedule almost with the kings coming out they almost wrote them off so there's like eh, this is the kings well like we'll we'll worry about it later it it could be like that that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they either wrote it off like during the series or just like going into it. Um, it, it definitely didn't look like they did their homework on them. Uh, I I noticed like the um, the short leash line especially was like they were trying to do what they were doing with the blues and like really just kind of like work around it. Garland doing like a lot of like stick moving stuff. And the Kings were just not letting that happen at all um, for the first period, at least. And it took a while for them to really adjust um, and and figure out a way to to play against how the Kings were playing. So now this begs the question: How do you see the Coyotes bounce back on Saturday? Um, actually, the fact that they're such an inconsistent team. It gives me hope that they'll bounce back and they'll bounce back strong. Like they're they'll go into Saturday and be like, Yeah, we, we didn't do our homework on that one. Um, let's come out strong, let's have a good solid first period, and let's work off that. Um, especially a team like LA. We don't have the, the same kind of roots as we did when I first started following the team with that rivalry. But Kevin's always gonna want to beat LA. That's that's just Arizona driven in there. So I, I have hope for, for Saturday. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for, uh, for Saturday's game. Once again, um, that will be the next time, the second time the coyotes play the Kings. And then they'll, I believe the ducks are up next after that, right? Um, there was so many changes. I had to update my list, but I will tell you. Yeah, it looks like yeah, the Ducks will be on Monday. Yep. And then Colorado. Oh, fi- fantastic. So, 
again, that's that's a look ahead of what's to come for the Arizona Coyotes. In just a sec, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit of uh, not necessarily Coyotes talk, but just general NHL talk, some uh, you know outdoor hockey, all stuff like that, because we got a big weekend coming up if you're an NHL fan. That will be coming up in just a sec. But first, I want to let you guys know that there is a uh, great flash sale going on for our friends over at Built Bar. They got their uh, their wonderful flavor, Coconut Puff Bar. It's luscious chocolate and soft marshmallow-type like flavor made of uh, premium collagen protein blend. 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. It's gluten-free and preservative-free. And man, will does it taste great. It's only a limited time availability on this one-day sale. So go ahead and order now. Head to BuiltBar.com to uh, grab one of yours right now. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe Biazzi of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games from breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matches on Saturday night. Joe and Tom have you every angle of the league covered to close out your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. And now here on Locked On Coyotes, once again, I'm Rob Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik of Five for Howling. We're going to talk a little, of, a little bit of outdoor hockey talk because upcoming this weekend, uh, this uh, Saturday and Sunday is a huge weekend for National Hockey League because we got a, the uh, first of the outdoor series. Not really, no stadium series, no winter classic. This is the uh, the outdoor classic or whatever they're calling it over in Lake Tahoe. And Carl, have you seen the pictures of the game of the of the ice rink and where it's at, place in Lake Tahoe? It is gorgeous oh yeah it is absolutely beautiful uh if you wanted a hockey game with just the best atmosphere uh i i think this is going to be the the two games for you uh i just uh it it looks so good i i I don't like the snow but i kind of wish i could go there like right now and just hang out for a bit man it, it reminds me of my you know some of my childhood, I used to go to Lake Tahoe all the time as a kid. Um, I'm not sure exactly what part of Lake Tahoe they're at. I used to go to the north, the more north side, but um, it it it's a it's a beautiful place. And when I first found out that the NHL was going to Lake Tahoe, I was super excited, you know, to have that kind of thing. Yeah, it's fanless, and who knows if that's going to be a thing going, you know, moving forward. But you know, I'm so glad that they decided to to bring this up because just be able to see something like this and to, you know, take advantage of a, uh, you know, a COVID season by having a pond hockey esque game. I, I cannot complain. Yeah. And there's really like, this is the only time you can do something like this uh, because you can't have fans or you shouldn't have fans. We're seeing live events now where with fans there, um, but, like, when they were planning this, everyone was under that assumption that you shouldn't. But, like, they just came to the great idea of, like, hey, everyone loves pond hockey. It's, like, one of those things that Canadians love, and it drips down through hockey osmosis. I've never seen a hockey game outside of Arizona. 
Um, and I still love the imagery of pond hockey anytime it shows up in my Twitter feed. And you're like, we're going to give that to you. And it's going to be beautiful. And it's going to be that thing that's going to show up in like all of the highlight reels. And we're going to have highlight reels from this season. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, look at that beautiful scenery. And no matter what else, you have that. You know, I I asked this of, uh, you know, Kat Silverman when she was on the podcast earlier this week. And, you know, I asked her if this weekend goes on, goes off, you know, without, without a hitch, 100% perfect, no problems whatsoever. Does the NHL even consider having a similar kind of game in a non-pandemic season? A pond hockey-esque game, you know, Lake Tahoe as an example, maybe go to... Um, you know, any of the other, you know, pond side lakes and across the U.S. and Canada and, you know, just like, hey, let's go showcase the beautiful landscape of the, uh, you know, of North America and play some hockey. I mean, it's a beautiful idea. I love it. Uh, if I was in charge of the NHL, it would be a thing that absolutely would be done. Uh I'm having difficulty thinking of how the NHL can monetize it. And that's going to be a major problem for them. Uh, and that idea moving forward, I, I would love to be in a world where it's like, Hey, if it works and it's really cool and we do like just two a year for the rest of, of the NHL or until we get bored of it, like that's a great wor world to live in. But we live in the world where the NHL was like, all right, we have two uh, two outdoor games, two outdoor games, two outdoor games, seven outdoor games or whatever it was that one year. Uh, and yeah, I hate to kill your dream like this, but I know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the NHL can find a way to make this a a revenue driven game without fans, if they wanted to. They would have to make it pay per view. Could you do like? Could the NHL, or they can go just a major, you know, either, you know, a super major television television sponsor, like, you know, you know, sell the hell out of the commercials, and uh, anything, you know, uh, other, you know, commercial monetization, you know, advert more, you know, more ads along the boards, um, have, you know, they they, I'm sure the NHL, I'm pretty sure their marketing team has a, like already figuring out ways that they're making money off of this game coming up with the games coming up this weekend already. Oh yeah. They're making money now. I just don't think they'd be, they're making as much for outdoor games. Uh, yeah, I could, if, if they got like a big sponsor like that, I can see them making it work. Um, I'm cynical. So I could also see them being like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a, an outdoor pond hockey game that you guys all liked once a year, but we're going to have jersey ads. I could see them doing something like that. Um, I just, uh, when it comes well, to like... Just create, just create maybe special jerseys like they, like they did for, for Stadium Series because you know fans are going to buy those special jerseys just because like, hey, the team wore it. I want it now too. Yeah, but... Like the problem is like that attendance number because they always try and find like the biggest spots possible. 
So you're getting like the attendance, the on-site merch, the on-site like on-site sponsorships as well, like food, like all that stuff. And that's just that's always going to be a lot of money. So like even like jerseys, even like especially since hockey fans are kind of tribal, like would you buy a let's say the Pittsburgh Penguins are are in this um the second pond hockey game, would you buy a Penguins jersey? I wouldn't. Yeah. But no. Penguins fan would. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Hockey fans aren't going to do that. And that's like the Penguins. That's a team that's in the other conference. Uh, like, it would end up being like two division teams and no one else would buy those jerseys and it would not sell at all. You got to just... Whatever you think a good idea is, just imagine the NHL draining all the fun and in goodness and just going for the money. So, like, we're getting it this year, and I'm happy for it. I don't think it's going to last long term. All right, we'll we'll see about that, indeed. But uh, that, that, I, and, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, let me just say that too. Like, I I, I don't like being cynical. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome. I agree with you, but I don't see it happening. All right, so now let's go to another question about outdoor games. Um, what's the best way? What's the best way to ask this question? Is uh, do the Coyotes ever get one? Um, I think there's two ways to ask that question. Do the Coyotes deserve one? The answer is absolutely yes. Um, because we never got our all-star game and we just, we have to deal with so much. Um, will we get one? It, yes. Um, I'm going to act under the assumption that the team remains in Arizona for the foreseeable future. Um, that's the only way I can, I can answer a question like that. And if that is the case, then yes, eventually the NHL will, put a, an outdoor game in every location that they can. And I think that they could probably sell Arizona fairly easily um, because a lot of people like to come here. Um, now, so this you- is the question that I, that I put out to several other people too, about a potential game uh, outdoor game in Arizona is where would you put it? Because people want State Farm Stadium, you know, you know, just right across the street from, um, from the from the from Gila River, which I'm not the biggest fan of because it's not it's literally just five feet away. Um, although it can sell a lot of sell a lot of you know seats, yeah, you know, I think they can do better. Uh, Sun Devil Stadium is in a nice area, but can they sell as many seats? That's another concern. Do you want to put it in Chase Field? You know, right? You know. Right, like right smack dab in downtown where the uh, Diamondbacks play. That's another option, especially if the Diamondbacks aren't playing yet. I mean, you know, I'm a, an ASU alum. I, I always have to go Sun Devil Field. Uh, that would just be the ultimate feather in uh, my college's cap. And yeah, it would also just be a beautiful thing to throw in your face as a dirty, dirty U of A graduate. Oh, man. You had to put it. You had to, you had to go down that route. Um, <laughs> oh, it absolutely. Like, like, that's not a question I can be objective about. That's like, 
Yes, put it at ASU. All, all the good things go to ASU if they can. All the bad things go to go to U of A. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though, about a, a, if, if it were to go to Sun Devil Stadium, I think it would be really, really cool. Uh, I think mainly because you can also you know, do like a similar thing of what they did you know, about a decade ago now, maybe even less than that, less than that for the Winter Classic, for example, in uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They had a Red Wings game over at the Big House, and then about, I think, either the day before or the day after, they had a, uh, a University of Michigan hockey game. Do the same thing at Sun Devil Stadium. Have an Arizona Coyotes Winter Classic or Stadium Series or whatever outdoor hockey game you want, you want to call it, and then a Sun Devil hockey game afterwards or right before. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if if the NHL were to do something like that, I would want them to go big. Like, have the Roadrunners have a game there too. Just like, be like, all right, it's Arizona hockey outdoor weekend, um, and you can buy tickets to all three for five hundred dollars, and that is the way to go. Um, and you, that's the way to make some money. Yeah. And NHL, you can please send me all the applicable checks uh, when you steal my very brilliant idea. How much of a commission you're going to make off of that? How much percent? Uh, I'm not greedy. I'll take one percent of all sales. <laughs> Man, that, yeah, I, I would have asked for more than that. I would, I would have said, give me, give me ten percent commission. <laughs> no, no. When you're getting free money, uh, especially for something like that. Uh, like you don't know how much that one percent is. <laughs> oh, that would, that would definitely be a lot, especially for you know three games, all in, uh, all there. Like that'd be that'd be crazy. Yeah, that that would be it. Would be something to do. Um, and I think why not go innovative when it comes to something like an outdoor game in Arizona? It's you know. It's a it's a market that's always going to be a tough sell, but I remember a lot of people saying that Nashville like really turned around, both when they got like a really good fan base, but after they hosted an All Star game, like people were like, hey, yeah, Nashville's a nice spot. Definitely do the same for Arizona. Oh yeah, and you know, and and I think a lot of people would like to look at the fact that Arizona has a better fan base than what lets on, you know, previously from previous years at the arena. It's I you know there's, it was a conversation I had with with uh, my friend Eric who's also a friend of the podcast and he's like yeah not very many people all the fans are in the East Valley no one wants to go to Glendale yeah it, I remember I came to Arizona um, and I was living in Surprise in 2000 and that was during the like huge real estate boom so like I moved in and it was vacant lots in most of my like square mile and by the end of two years they were all filled with the same crappy suburban houses and that it was like that environment where they were like yeah we're gonna move the team to glendale because the west valley is gonna blow up and be the next big thing and everyone's gonna go there and then uh, the housing market broke and it seems like everyone kind of just shifted back east. 
and there's still like a there's still people in the West Valley. Like there's still a lot of like big places, but it was expected to grow a lot. And that gets missed a lot when people are talking about it because people don't know what the real estate market was like in the suburbs of Arizona in the early aughts. Um, but yeah, it's not a it's not a good spot. Not not for the fans. It's not, but and again, we'll hopefully see that uh, that outdoor game come soon because uh, man, I, would I love to cover a Coyotes, uh, ASU, and Roadrunners game all um, outdoor? That'd be cool. Yeah, um, doing an outdoor game is it, it's still like outdoor games. I think a lot of people are are going to be jaded on them um, if they weren't already. Like the the ones that they're doing in, in Tahoe are really like a shot in the arm for it as a concept, but like doing it in person is still there's like a magic to that that you don't get. It, it's not as much of a thing like on TV, like seeing, especially because the same teams play over and over again during outdoor games. Um, but like seeing it in person, that's definitely something to do. Before we close things off. Let's just get your uh, your predictions on these outdoor games first. Of course, the uh, uh, the Vegas Colorado game and then the uh, the Boston Philadelphia game. How do how do they go? Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I've watched the Blues play for the past seven games. I I pulled up when I had to write about the Kings this morning. I was just like. What's the rest of the hockey world doing? Because um, I was told television. Uh, I think the Colorado Vegas. That's going to be a good matchup. Uh, those are two really good teams. Um, is there any big injuries that I should know about? Not that I'm. Com- uh, is yeah, not that I'm completely aware of. Uh... Uh, Landis Slug um, is on COVID. Oh, there we go. Uh, Count Maker, questionable. Um, let's go with Vegas. This is a terrible way. Uh, <laughs> Robin Leonard, questionable. So, I'm going to go Colorado. Uh, just because they're the team I hate more. Uh, and, and what was the other ones you said? Philadelphia and who? Uh, Boston and Philadelphia. Boston and Philadelphia. Uh, that depends on uh, when all of Philadelphia gets off of COVID. Because that's a lot. I'm going to go Boston. Going Boston. All right. So you got uh, Colorado and and Boston. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the worst way. Po- oh, I'm sure there are worse ways to pick teams than looking at how many players are on COVID protocol and other injuries. Oh, believe me, I'm sure there are much, much worse ways. Anyways, uh, thanks, Carl, for joining on today's episode. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening today. It's uh, 
had quite a good conversation. Once again, the uh, final score of the uh, of the game last night was Arizona falling to the LA Kings in a shootout, three to two, the final score, and in their next game coming up tomorrow. And also, also a reminder: the Tucson Roadrunners and the San Jose Barracuda, their series has been postponed due to COVID nineteen protocols with the Tucson Roadrunners. And again, thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys liked what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a good review and to subscribe. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts and interact with us on social media. I am at Rob Leonio one and at LO underscore Coyotes. We will try to interact with you as much as we can. You know, you can go ahead and ask us any question that you have and we will answer them either directly uh, on the social media or uh, on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Again, everyone, hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to howl on.